This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The most important part of grief that you must understand especially if you have family or friends who are grieving too, is that everyone will grieve and react differently. Every aspect of your grief may be opposite of your mother's, sister's, father's, friends, or partner's. Once you accept that you have no control over other people's actions or grief, you can focus on your needs and give others the acceptance they need to focus on their grief as well. Valeria Tellis interviews Megan Young, the author of Life After Loss Workbook, guided exercises and practices to help you understand grief following the death of a loved one. Megan Young is a trained life coach with experience in life transitions and grief. Through the experience with her life coach 13 years ago, Megan discovered the life-changing effect powerful questioning, accountability, and solution-based guidance provides. It wasn't until the passing of her sister that she felt a calling to transition into her current role as a life coach and author of the Life After Loss Workbook. Coach Megan's strong curiosity with human behavior and healing drives her to find innovative and effective techniques for helping her clients. Whether you are transitioning into a different career, experiencing grief, or entering into a new life stage, you will find the support and guidance you need. Megan and her husband have two sons, Dudley the cat, and 11 chickens. As a small town girl who escaped to the city, she finally embraced the saying, you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl, and move to the Texas Hale country outside of Austin. There, Megan loves to lend support and encouragement to her community, family, and friends. Meet Megan at CoachMeganYoung.com. Here's the interview with Megan Young. In your own words, who is Megan Young? Well, that has changed over the years. I'm not the same person I was five years ago or 15 years ago, but, um, and I hope everyone hears that if you're not growing, you might want to check a pulse on it, but, <laughs> yes, um, you know, consistently in my life, I have different roles, but consistently I'm, I've been a student of life and human behavior. I'm an advocate. I'm a best friend, but I've learned so much from that, that it's, it's definitely steered me in the way that I have direction that I am now. And, but what's funny when I just thinking about that, like life stages, um, the stage that I'm in right now, currently as a mom, uh, with two kids, one and four has been the most awakening. And it's, it's probably the biggest learning curve. <laughs> um, but the most 
rewarding. I have more empathy, understanding of the world. So it's right now being a mother, I, you know, that role of student of life has been kind of opened up in a new unexpected way. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's hard, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds incredible to me, <laughs> which I never had the experience and I, it seems like I won't have it. So talk to me for a moment about that. Actually, is that something that we women who choose or cannot have children, are we missing something? You know, I, I think that, so I, I went through actually a lot of therapy to decide I wanted to go to this path. And, um, I think that it's, we can find these experiences and what that means through other people. Um, but it's through that caretaking role, through that role that you, and in a sense of innocence as well, that they, that children bring. So, whereas my, you know, my, um, I have friends who aren't going to have children, but, they're in my life and they're in my life, my kids' life such in a significant way that I can see them growing from it too. So, you know, I think if, if it's not children, it's just, just observing the magic that they can bring and learning from that. And, you know, it can, it can happen in that way. Anything that's new to life, I guess you could say. My second, let's say, official question to you, Megan, is about grief. What is grief to you from today's perspective? And how would you describe the experience of grief? Grief is unlike any other emotion I have personally felt. And what I've seen in other people that I've helped or my family is that it is, I mean, there's stages, sure, but the, the amount of um, grief or physical and emotional pull that it brings you and the energy, whether it's bad or you can kind of um, translate that into good at some points of all of it. I mean, it's very, it's a roller coaster, but um, grief, yes, it is. And I also think it's, it's, it's inevitable for a lot of people, uh, for most people in life. Right. So, um, if you love someone very deeply, uh, this world, we end in death. So grief, um, as far as death is related is something that will probably touch everyone's life. And, you know, I help with people with grief that are, you know, divorced. And a lot of people feel that divorce is a very similar path of, of letting go to someone you loved as well. But um, it's a it's a such a deep state that takes you through the longest journey of ups and downs that I have ever experienced and can, and consistently have experienced through my own, um, loss. So, yeah. What is your understanding of balance? Oh, I hate, I hate the word. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think, I think that, um, I actually heard one of your, uh, one of your interviews where they said it harmony and that's the word I use a lot right. for my, right. my clients. Because it isn't, you know, I'm a, I'm a singer actually as well. And, um, 
harmony to me is, you know, we, if you're in a choir or you're in an orchestra, you're not hearing the drums as loud, maybe at some points and the cymbal isn't there as significant. And so, but then there's times where it is. So I think that there's, there's, there's these forces in your life that you kind of have to let come in front and know that just because you aren't giving your time to something doesn't mean it's not important. Um, it just, you just will have to refocus and know that it's still there. Keep very, um, conscious of that. And in, in your decisions, be very strategic in your days because time is the most important thing that we have. So creating a harmony that flows well with your family and your friends and what you want to give to the world, um, is possible other than balance. Balance is just, I mean, that's, you know, if you look up that, that word and, you know, the definition of it, I just don't feel like it's, it's, it's adequate. Um, so yeah, I, I think that harmony is more of the, the better word for it. I love that. Yeah. Cause harmony also resonates to me as this natural movement of life, just going through it uh, naturally and flowing with life basically, and not trying to control every aspect of life and trying to make it perfect because balance does sounds like that we're trying to reach perfection right a point where we are perfectly aligned with some sort of greatness or goodness and then there's nothing bad happening or nothing unwanted coming along <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up i think it's just it might be words because most people that i talk to that's what they're really referring to to the harmony within right Yes. Life. And it, and I think that you, you know, with balance brings a lot of guilt um, of, of if I'm not doing this enough or I'm not, you know, I'm not sticking to this. At, I'm not giving enough to my friends or, you know, so it's, it depends on like the, the, the aspect of your life that you really are in and focused on and not trying to, like you said, just force it and allowing it to kind of, if that, if that one thing in your life is dominant, go with that doesn't mean you have to just shun everything out, but, but go with that and make that be your focus and really, um, give it the energy that you, that it deserves really. And then guess what? Next week you can do something different tomorrow. You can do something different, you know, but you kind of have to fill it a day by day. What do you feel the purpose of the human experience is if there is one and if there is one is the first question. And then what would that be if there is a purpose, mm, you know, so I I feel like everyone has a purpose. I mean, I, I think that the, but I, but when I, when I hear that question, what my first response is, is that, um, I believe so strongly in community. I think that if we don't nurture our community, literally <laughs> food and, uh, friendship and, and, and just fellowship. I mean, I feel like if we don't do that, then we as a human being will not uh, prosper. We, we'll, we won't move forward in life. So I feel that our purpose is to help facilitate that, help grow our communities, help um, grow within us first, obviously, so that we can give back to others. And, um, you know, life, life, you know, you've, you've spoken a lot about love and I, gosh, that I've never felt it so much now than I have in my life because I have that perspective of losing someone that I've loved and 
you know, having a people in my life that I dearly love. So that, and the, and at the end of the day, um, that's my most important thing. So it tracks back to love, like you've said. Your work is about love. Yes. And then you connect that to community, this connectivity with people in, in life itself, in ourselves first. Yeah, that's a, a very beautiful and important point to me because that's how I got to live what we call purpose, which I don't know what that is exactly. Mm. Because we don't want to feel like that other people don't have purpose. Right. Right. That oh, doesn't make yes. sense. So maybe we can replace that word. I'm not sure what we can say to that. What would you say? Like, what comes to mind, Megan? Oh, man, um, I think that that I that's I do not know. I really I I think that that you're right on. Not if you I couldn't ask everyone that because I know that 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 would not only stump them and give almost bring them shame of like, yeah, I don't know, right. I, I'm just living I'm just living my life in the yeah. best way I know how. Right. And and so right. I think that it's it's just part of of that's a piece to the conversation. But, um, you know, I think just being able to explain what you love about life in general um, it, when you start with just that, it then kind of goes into these other sections of, um, of life, whether it be, you know, your job or your friends or, uh, your travel or, you know, what really excites you about life. And then that way you, it's really like finding your why I love, I've loved reading about that and how to strengthen that and how it changes year after year at some points. So I think that why your why is probably more important than your purpose. Yeah, what came into mind for me is meaning. Is that the same, somehow the same thing, meaning and purpose, or they're different? You don't use either meaning or purpose. Meaning, um, I think for, if we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, I see people who haven't begun their journey yet, like they they are coming to you because they want to start, like they've been living life, no doubt, but they, but they would like to begin a journey into another self, another, you know, level or layer. And I think, um, their meaning I, or purpose, if you, if you were to kind of nail that down, um, could be in what they do when they give, the world, but I, I don't know. That's, I, I think that it's, it's a very, it's a very intriguing question. I, what, what would, what did, what, when you gave me that question, what came to mind with you as far as do you, yeah. would you change it as well? Yeah. Those words, right. Meaning and purpose. I love the idea of just living life and flowing with life naturally mm -hmm. without label mm -hmm. even we, we don't need yeah. labels right in that yeah. case what is the meaning of freedom to you what is this idea of being free oh i love that um you know freedom to me is having choosing the people around you uh, to accept you as you to where you can live the way you would like to live. You would like to, 
um, express yourself. You know, I had parents growing up that really did that for us. And that, that gave us the freedom to simply choosing what we wanted to wear gave us the freedom to express ourselves in this small little town I'm from. But then also freedom is, um, just a freedom of, of choice to, to not only live your truth, but under really no rules, but your own or even your higher power, you know? And I think that that is ultimately what I would love for everyone. So you wrote the workbook titled Life After Loss and guided exercise and practices to help you understand grief following the death of a loved one. So talk to me for a moment about the main inspiration and also the intention of writing your book. Um, so inspiration. So my sister passed 10 years ago in a car wreck and unexpected three months away from getting married to the love of her life, the most vibrant person in my life, my cheerleader, my advocate. And for these 10 years that she's been gone, it's been brewing in my head um, through my own therapy. So I've done group therapy, uh, grief groups, life coaching for myself. And through that experience, I found that there was one element missing to go home with, to explore what I've worked on or um, continue the conversation in, my, in the privacy of my own home. So that was the inspiration to developing something like a workbook um, that could help me continue my journey um, outside of one-on-ones or a group or anything of that nature. Um, but also as a stepping stone, there's a lot of people who don't feel that they're ready for that. And so the first exercise is kind of explaining those different types of therapies that are available and what they are and what they, um, can bring. And I think that that was also, I'm, you know, I'm a very, I'm an advocate for myself in the way that I went out and I found all kinds of, um, I found the best therapist. I found the best grief group, but there's so many people who did, who don't. And, and, and I have a lot of family who didn't. Um, so I wanted to make that accessible and, um, give questions because I'd read a lot of people's stories and I loved them and I learned from them, but I wanted something for other people to share their story, write their own book almost by using this workbook and understanding their grief. And speaking of healing, to you, it's healing a, um, a destination or a process or something that's ongoing and never ending. Yes, I, it's ongoing. Um, but and I don't think that it gets I don't like to say the word better for people. Um, I think it changes and it's year by year for sure. I mean, it's it's day by day so for some, especially in that first few stages um, of grief after losing someone, but healing, uh, my sister, actually, my oldest sister, Lauren, she, um, had some delayed grief and, um, it wasn't until she was ready to really confront that. And I feel like other people are like that delayed grief in the way that you, you really do have to start the journey at some point. And then, so for me, it, it started really early on, but, um, 
and, but you never, you never quite, you, you move through it, you move through your grief and you never get over it. So, um, but you find practices, you find ways to cope. And I actually had, I was, it made my heart just so warm. Um, I had a friend I went to high school with and he was in this very traumatic, uh, accident. He was actually shot. And, um, he posted the other day that he would rather be sitting here talking to this person about his trauma than by himself thinking about it. And for this Navy macho man to say, this was just like, gosh, he now see, he gets it now. It it, it seems so heavy to want to talk about it from the first, but once you start it, it can be so healing. And, and that that's where your healing begins. That's where your journey begins. The moment you decide you want to, you know, you want to cope, help, find, find therapeutics for it. I love the way you say that same thing in a book, but in a, in a very beautiful way, you write when you love someone so much that you cannot pack it away, you have to find a way to express it. Ah, yes. When you say grief chains, so it seems like what happens is that grief is being expressed and that's why we label as change, it seems to me. I have never been through it, so I don't know, but I talked to so many people and my own husband had the experience with his sister uh, passed away too. I can see that, that he needs to express those emotions. Would that resonate exactly. with you? Oh, yes, 100%. I mean, that... That is um, exactly what it is to a T. I wish I had a, some sort of amazing metaphor or example, but it is. It is. It is exactly that. And um, you express it, and then in, so, and, and, in turn, also you look for ways to bring in the good energy and the good memories and keep and hold tight to those. Um, but again. A lot of people don't have like some of some of the grief um, isn't about the good memories. It could be a traumatic experience. And I think that that's where you have to find what's best for you when it comes to how you're going to express that and who you're going to express it with. True, know? because um, we're all unique. Yeah, yeah very yeah. much unique. And I wonder sometimes for some people, what do you think happens when some of us don't express grief in a let's say, healthy way, and we choose to numb instead. That unfortunately happens too. What makes one person more resilient and more expressive than others? Do you think women are better at it? I mean, I have the most experience with women, but you know, my dad, I will say, no, my dad is a father of three girls. So I think he's probably learned a lot from us. Don't we? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but, but he has, he has, ex so he lost his mother at 14 and, um, a lot of, so this is the, this is the thing guys. <laughs> um, he lost his mother at 14 and in a lot of, because he never addressed those emotions. And he really honestly wasn't allowed to at that point of his life. Like it wasn't talked about. Um, a lot of that was reopened in a different form when my sister passed. And so you, you're never going to escape it. It will just manifest itself into something else. So I think that the people I could, I wouldn't, I would say even the people who you would say are strong people, even sometimes they, those aren't the people who are 
um, really healing or finding ways to, um, let's say for lack of a better word, just deal with their grief. Um, but it's, it could be in the most, um, the, the quiet person who just knows that, you know, their heart is calling and it hurts and they need help. So I think that there's not one, even a per, like person necessarily, um, but the people who do choose to understand their grief in some capacity are the ones who um, will be able to util- utilize what they've learned and what's going on and, and kind of be uh, more present in their grief without it really taking over their life. Because I truly feel that it will, it will take over their health. It will take over their body. They will, they will feel their grief. If you do not address it, you will feel your grief in ways, um, in other, in other parts. So it's really a choice. And, uh, those who choose to move forward and, and really understand it are the ones that, um, could, possibly be the, you know, the person who, who their friend says, you know, it may be time to, to join like a free grief group that, um, you don't even have to talk or, you know, so it's, it's also about that community. You know, what, what could we, how could we help people? Um, even if you're not the one helping them, how can you at least, you know, be there for someone in that time? And, and you kind of in turn have to, if you are the griever, you have to allow people in. Yeah. You never know what what will happen in that. I have heard that grief is the price of love was phrased that way. Would you say the same thing or use a different way to say that? I think that it is very, um, very adequate for that. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> yeah. It is. It's almost. I've also heard uh, these are not yeah. my words. That it's um, grief is a mirror of love, the mirror image. Um, it just is in a different form and. That's why I think it's important to respect that. You know, I do think it is love. And if you, you know, like I said, if you love someone so much, what are you going to do with all that when they, when they're gone? And, um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a tribute to them. It's, it's what I feel is when you are, uh, really examining how much they meant to you and, um, you are, respecting your grief, then you are also are honoring that person because they, they, because you did care and you did love them so much and they have impacted your life. So it's up to you to figure out how they've impacted your life and, and know that it doesn't, what you learned from that person doesn't stop when they leave this earth. And, but you have to keep going and you have to keep asking yourself why and, um, among other questions that can really lead to you learning a lot. I, I still to this day learn so much from my sister and it's really, it's, it's really beautiful. And it's just, it's, gosh, I, I think that's, what's kept me going. If I could, if I could tell anyone, uh, what's really kept me going is continuing to learn from her and, and re reliving moments and, understanding who she was and what she wanted to offer the world and how she lived her life. Like the example of all that over why was she, why is she gone? Right. I, I, I choose to do a different. Did you learn that from someone or this is something that you 
discovered within yourself? You know, I, I started discovering this when I was in a grief group and I started listening to other people tell their story. And I started learning from their loved one and they're not even here. And I, and I didn't even know them. And so I was thinking, wow, I really need to focus on that. I really, that's, that's, what's going to get me through this. I need to go back to my sister and, and our childhood, our upbringing, everything that we've really lived together and, and, and continue that because that's what, that's, what's going to get, get me through this. I think it was just, um, again, (laughs) with a group of people and uh, sharing our, our grief and, uh, learning that that their why their their purpose on life for to be in our lives um, is really per- really beautiful and something that we really need to reflect on. Can we somehow prepare to lose someone we love and suffer less or feel less of those ups and downs of the grieving process? The, the answer is no. (laughs) Right. I get that every time. (laughs) Yes. You know, I, I think, you know, what's, I've, I'm glad you asked this question because it is a question that I've asked myself. It's a question that I've, you know, when I was doing, when I was creating this book, like it, it definitely, and when you're speaking to people who are in hospice or caregivers, um, people who family have to care for the people who are terminally ill, like, those people know it best that even though I've been caring and I know the inevitable, it, it doesn't make it any different. And I think that a, a pastor once said to me, you know, if you knew exactly the reason why they were taken from this earth, would it erase your grief? I was like, absolutely not. It, it wouldn't. I mean, that, that the answer is no. So I think that even if you prepare and someone tells you, you know, um, you're going to be without this person or, you know, there, there are ways to sure prepare for the aftermath of it in some capacity, but not, not in the, the way that you're going to skip a stage of grief or you're not going to feel the effects or really grieve in any less, to be honest. Yeah. So your workbook, you have lots of exercise, five of them, right, Megan, I had access to two, but five of them, the first one, exercise one, access your emotional needs, exercise two, define the right kind of why, exercise three, plan for the road ahead, four, learn coping strategies, five, create a new beginning. So talk to me about the why exercise. Sure. So this, this goes back to, we are a cause and effect society. We want to know why things happen and in science and even in just regular life, we're taught, you know, that if you do this and this is, this is what will happen or, um, this is what could happen. I mean, you know, so with that said, I think that, the why needed to be reframed when I did go through that first grief group, um, in order to not dwell on the, why did this happen? Why did she have to have cancer? Why, why did this 18 wheeler decide to be reckless? 
um, why her and not me with survivors, survivors guilt, this is a huge thing. Why her and not me? Um, and so on and so forth. So the why is to, to really direct your questioning to why were they in your life? Um, so that, you know, if you think of your mother, your father, your, your, your sister, your brother, your husband, whoever it may be, they, they had an impact and that impact is why they were here, why they were taken too early or, you know, just in general, just taken from this earth. That is a question we will never know, um, fully. And so that's why I choose to reframe that question and have a more healthy perspective, because once you dive into that alone, it opens up a world of the less lessons and, um, love again. So you felt that love when they were here in your, in their, you know, in your presence. And so it really does give you, um, a reconnection almost to them. I have noticed that, grief or losing somebody we love is one of the most painful experiences we can have in a human body. Does it resonate with you, that, that is statement? Oh, yes. It's there, the days leading, uh, you know, up to the funeral was difficult. And then after the funeral, but I remember just, I remember waking up some days and my body just feeling, you know, physically ill, but also just unlike anything I have ever experienced on the depth of it. You know, I, I, I look, I've had heartbreak in my life. Um, you know, that hard heartbreak I've had all kinds of things. And, and, and that's not, um, to say that, that, First of all, one grief is not just is not um, bigger than the other. Uh, it's just different, and there's different layers. Like with a parent, it could be a different layer to that. But um, but but I do think that it's it is it's yeah I, I, by far my my in my opinion the most painful experience uh, physically, mentally, spiritually all of the, it, ma it makes you question ex everything about your life. It literally yeah. explodes right, <laughs> right, your life. And then right. you're picking up the pieces of, do I believe in this anymore? What am mm -hmm. I doing in my life? I mean, there's so many questions. So that's, that's why I do what I do is because there are so many questions and people are so lost after that you just need a little guidance um, into kind of rebuilding your life again. And the first exercise, I think we, we talked earlier about the choices we have, those going through the grieving process, grief. So we're choosing what is the right group, the right method, the right healing method to engage with. And you, you give so many options and you explain, because that goes back to understanding, right? It's so important that we get to feel the feelings and understand them because that's what they're here for. They're trying to say something. So we need to understand the feelings, listen to them, understand, and then express it. 
So we are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. Would you like to add anything or read a passage or any section in your book? You know, I, I think that I would like to add that um, it takes a lot of energy and time and um, preparing to share your story. So I, I just want to tell anyone in grief that um, if you're not, if you, if you see someone like myself or hear my story and I seem so open about it, there it's, it has been a process, like you've said, and, um, you just have to start with baby steps at some points, but I promise you that when you, once you open up the door to healing in some capacity, um, that, that you, that that fear that of unknown will start to melt more and more and then you will be um in the position to to just keep doing the work and just that one first step it could be this book it could be a grief group it could be finding your the right therapist it could be just telling your family what you need in your grief but that first step is is the most important one. I'm wondering why it's so challenging for most of us to do that. It was my case with so many other challenges I had in life, taking that first step. And that's why you keep saying community. It's so important because that will lead us to take that first step. Oh, no yes, doubt. exactly. Yes. Two more questions for you. What is another word for healing? What comes to mind? Healing, I, you know, I... I say growth and the, the, my hesitation with that is I don't want people to think that bad things happen like, you know, death or a death that is, you know, very traumatic and that you're meant to grow from that. You can choose to grow and you can choose to change in your ways, um, in some capacity, but but it doesn't mean that that was the purpose of it. Um, from your, so, but, but I do feel that healing when you do choose to heal, um, you choose to grow and that could be growing love, um, in just the way that you see the world, so many, so many different ways, but grow growth is, um, the word I'd use for sure. What comes to me, it's a change in perception or perspective. Mm, yes. That sounds to me like it's growth in a very profound way. My last question to you is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> wow. I don't know a lot. No, um, let's see. I, I would say, if I'm, I'm just going to personally speak what I know for sure, is that when you put in the work and effort because I, you look, if you don't, I don't want to minimize this. It is a lot of work to maintain your, your mental health. Um, but it is so rewarding that it, it's, it's like that marathon runner who keeps going, even though they know they're going to be painful come mile, <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever to 12, you know, they have to keep pushing. They keep doing marathons because they know the reward of achievement and um, perseverance is going to outweigh everything else. 
So I think that that, um, is what I know for sure. When you keep doing and keep striving, um, then you will see the reward. Uh, second that, oh man, to, to love, um, is again, the, the most rewarding thing to give love and to and to allow yourself to receive it. Um, and that includes loving yourself, um, is the second thing. And the third thing would, would be that, um, no loss, no grief, uh, no death is, uh, should ever be minimized. It could be a cat. <laughs> it could be, um, you know, your loved one or someone you, you haven't seen in 10 years. If you feel that it is real. That's what I know. It is real. And if that, if that, that emotion, um, is driven by that loss, then, then that means that you did love and you did care. And, um, so don't ever let anyone minimize that for sure. Thank you so much, Megan, again, for your presence, for sharing your wisdom, the work you do, helping others to see that it's possible to find inner peace or joy, whatever the destination is. We all want to be happy. We want to be in that peaceful place. If that's what your contribution is. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So all of my uh, platforms are Coach Megan Young. So it's coachmeganyoung.com. It's uh, Coach Megan Young on Instagram and Facebook. That's M-E-G-A-N-Y-O-U-N-G. And um, I think everything that I offer is there. Um, and of course, you know, you can email me, Coach Megan Young at Gmail. So there's yeah. I'll have your website in the podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Megan. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Megan Young and her work, please visit CoachMeganYoung.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.